Hey, you savage sons of bitches. It's Craig Metford, Metford Knife, MKT USA, and ASK Nice out here in Phoenix, Arizona. A little live on YouTube. You'll see this split over, over to uh, Spotify and iTunes and all that as our podcast officially launches over on those platforms later this month. Anyways, I've got some guests in the Shactory today and want to say hi to uh, Kevin McNamara's friend, Luis Alvarez. How's it going, man? What's up, man? It's, uh, this is a pretty impressive place, i got to say. <laughs> Well, you know, I was think, I was thinking about this. It's like a uh, as I was kind of envisioning what I was going to do here. I was thinking like Jack Daniels barrels from the factory here. If I pull the bung, we'll get drunk on off the vapor in here. I was thinking about all the stuff that kind of got me where I am in my moment. Of, you know, in life, it's military, it's history, it's uh, all the stuff I've read about. Some of my heroes, even like an actor like John Wayne, you know, kind of represents this archetypal character. So. He's kind of pokes pokes his nose in my face. Some of my favorite artists, like Earl Norum, who did that original uh, the painting for a magazine back in the fifties. Some stuff from eighteen nineties from the Indian Wars. That's a New York All Volunteers jacket. Everything here's got some kind of uh, thing about it. Everything in here has has a mark of death. I love that. <laughs> I think well, if John Wayne came in here, he'd be like, "Well, I reckon I like your office there, cowboy." <laughs> I heard the best John Wayne story recently. I was reading a book about uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I don't know if you've read the book, but he was talking about when he was dealing with all the communists in SAG. Yeah. And uh, he's having this SAG meeting, and he's trying to adjourn the meeting because these commies have taken over the meeting out in L.A., and they're all screaming and making a big fracas. And it was that weird time in Hollywood where most of the big stars were veterans. Yeah. You know, Lee Marvin and all those dudes, Henry Fonda, everybody had served in the military. And then they've got this artsy kind of lefty crowd of communists there. And he's trying to adjourn the meeting because all hell's breaking loose and nobody will adjourn the meeting. And he says, uh, I moved to adjourn the meeting. and Everyone starts screaming. And he says, well, anybody second the meeting? And, and they go, no one's going to second the meeting, Nazi. And he points out and he goes, I bet he went and John Wayne stands like, you're damn right, I will. I second the motion. And then they call the meeting. It's sort of my favorite John Wayne. I've got tingles from a real life John Wayne story I just read, you know? I mean, that's where we're at now um, with SAG. Uh, I, I got in trouble recently kind of <laughs> talking, uh, talking smack about SAG because, well, to be honest, they haven't done anything for actors for a very long time they haven't represented actors for a very long time and it's unfortunate that it's uh it's become what it is i mean we haven't had a, a good contract through sag in probably three or four decades um and i made a comment recently about how they're they're trying to or they're allowing the studios to make the vaccine mandatory and uh it's it's insane to me that that our so-called union that's supposed to fight for our rights is 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 catering to uh to these studios and, and these people who clearly are just marxist pieces of trash you know uh unions uh, in this whole country they they ruin everything they touch they fuck everything up they fucked up the automotive industry they fucked up the aviation industry they are absolutely fucking up the entertainment industry they have fucked up public school systems in this country the unions ruin everything they touch um you know they came up out of this black lung in the industrial revolution coal mines of virginia right right made sense that was before the internet that was before you could get a car and drive to a job someplace else and tell the boss to fuck off because of the black lung but then they went to everything yeah and they ruin everything they touch they just and and if you ask any union member i've sat down a bunch of times with like teamsters i've sat down with 
the pipe fitters union i've sat down with guys from the trades if you sit down with them all of them are like oh you know they're all pro union they wear their union local 413 shirt and all that bullshit but when you actually talk to them after a couple of beers like that the fucking union doesn't do anything for us you know they'll roll us over in two seconds yeah, it's the same mom, with everybody i hear my mom worked uh for ford for 36 years and she was a union rep for the uaw and all of that and uh she was a union rep for i think maybe six months and was was like fuck this i'm not going to be part turned of, off by it yeah she's like i'm not going to be part of of some of, of an organization who clearly just takes union dues from people and doesn't really give a shit about the people that they supposedly represent so. it's it's gangs and political strong army yeah i mean it, it, that's that's what it that's what the mafia was back in the day let's be honest and they're still here yeah it's unbelievable of course so uh tell us uh, i know you got some a uh, couple of gigs coming up here in town you're doing uh some comedy stuff you and luis both tonight right or yeah uh so my buddy uh luis alvarez here is super funny uh stand-up comedian based out of uh out of phoenix he's he's been uh opening featuring for brian callen i've been uh emceeing for brian callen and that's how we met uh, we became fast friends, and uh, now we're so such good friends. He let me take a shit in his bathroom this morning. Oh, oh man, that's good friends, right? And he let me use his bidet. Yeah, here, Luis, tell him. You, you let him use your bidet. Well, this motherfucker's over here talking about you wash your ass. I don't know how you guys get down in California, but in Arizona, we got clean assholes, bro. We got clean guns, and we got clean assholes, all right? My OCD just kicked in really heavy, everybody. I don't even know what to say because we went we went from politics, commies, <laughs> straight to the asshole. We cut we cut everything out in between. I was a, a great line from the meaning of life, John Cleese. Kiss, just kiss the girl. Don't go diving for the clitoris. We just went all the way there in the first move. Well, I mean, that's the same thing, really, if you think about it. Communists and assholes is pretty much we just stayed on topic. I consider anal second base. There you go. Wait, whoa, what? Anal? How did we get to anal, man? All right, I, let's. I, you know, do you have a bidet? His no, I do not have a bidet. Right, that's what I said. No, uh, I have a wand. I have the handheld thing. Uh, what? Well, doesn't your hand get filthy if you got to shove it up under there? I don't put a dirty ass in the shower. I just make sure it's extra clean. In the shower. Oh, okay. I, th I thought you meant you had a wand on your toilet. I was like, wait. Oh no, 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 no! I have a regular toilet. Regular toilet. I, I'm, you know, I have a, I have a. <laughs> there are women in my life. Quite. Oh my god! I can't believe Greg's talking about the camera. We hit my one taboo subject in five minutes here. Toilets, <sighs> bathroom habits. So, uh, <laughs> so we're, we do we're, have some shows going on uh, tonight. We're at where are we at House tonight? Of comedy. We're at House Comedy tonight, uh, seven thirty and nine thirty show. Is that out in Tempe? That is in Desert Ridge. Uh, oh, yeah. Desert Ridge. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, what Rick Bronson's? Rick Bronson. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. You know who I saw there? I saw the dude who got hired for Saturday Night Live and fired in the. What's that? Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis, yeah. That's a funny motherfucker. Yeah, he, he, I thought he was really good. He's the truth. You know, that's what they don't want on there. Yeah, and I was, it, it was amazing because the show was scheduled and we scheduled for the show. Um, and, and all of that shenanigan happened in like one week. And I was thinking about that, dude. He just had his best week ever and his worst week well, honestly, ever. Well, honestly, I feel like that's the best thing that's ever happened to him. You know because they would have yeah, clipped his there's, balls. There's so, yeah, that too. And then there's just so many people that know what they're doing. You know what I mean? They're just like... There's no reason this sh dude should have even been cut cut out in the first place. Yeah. And now they go over there because he got all this attention and they see, oh, this dude's not a racist. You know, he's a comic. He's just trying to make people laugh. If you go back to that podcast and listen to the one, he just they're just talking shit. Yeah. They're just trying to get a, the two comics trying to get a reaction out of each other. 
That's what comics do. I mean, when I go on, every night that I go on stage, I say at least four or five things that should and probably will eventually get me canceled. The only thing is, is I don't really give a shit. I'm going to make money regardless. <laughs> I have I have something that they can't take away from me, and, and that's talent and a sense of humor. So, so, What do you want us to joke about? You want me to go up there and talk about bears? It's, talk about fucking animals? I think, no. it's a, I think it's a weird time to be in comedy with everybody's uh, woke sensitivity. Yeah. Um, I was funny. Uh, I'll introduce you to Lawrence when we hop off. He was a professional for about 10 years on the circuit on the East Coast. So uh, we went for my first time on stage. We went and I and I, he, you know, we were kind of like challenging each other. What are you going to rip on tonight? And he's, uh, I, said, I said, well, I'm going to drop the end bomb tonight. He goes, what? I go, I'm going to tell the old fashioned Richard Pryor role. And I'm gonna drop the M-bomb. We got there, and the audience was 25% black. And I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> and I fucking and I fucking sacked up and dropped it. And he was and he was just sitting there. You know, he's this Jewish guy. He was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it." After the show was over, the girls came over. They were so nice, and they were totally cool. But I'm not in LA. I don't know how it is out there. It's Arizona. Yeah, the 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 chances of me dropping an N-bomb at any point in my <laughs> comedy career are zero. Well, yeah, that's not that. I mean, I'm from Detroit, so if I, if I, even if I did as a joke, I wouldn't be able to go back home for the rest of my life. So, well, it was in the joke. Fortunately, I'm here, and uh, you know, life goes on. I'm make, I'm making knives. So, what are you gonna do? That's the funny thing about uh, dropping the end bomb uh, when you're Richard Pryor is that you're allowed. So, <laughs> well, and everybody was in 1976. Yeah, that's maybe. I don't know allowed. I don't know if allowed would be the word in 1976. Nope, nobody maybe, was censoring anybody then. Yeah, maybe more acceptable back then to a point. <laughs> he was breaking. He broke every rule bringing that. You know when yeah, he did that track. niggas crazy when that Never, came out. Yeah. That was that was. You know, I remember I wore that album out listening to it. My mom's like, you know, my dad buys the album. I'm listening to it. My mom here's like. What the hell is Greg listening to? My dad's like, ah, oh, it's just a comedy. He's a black guy. He's gonna like it. I mean, Pryor's the goat. To 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 know yeah. that I've been on the same stage at the comedy store that Richard Pryor has been on, George Carlin has been on. Yeah, you know that's that's a huge deal to me. I I take that very seriously. Yeah, those guys are legends, and uh, people forget, uh, especially young people now who are, I'm gonna say the folks particularly under the age of thirty. If you're 50 and older, you have heard comedy and heard stuff said that would never get said anymore. And you see, Clay? Oh my God, Dude. yeah. How about, oh. hey, how about old guys? How about Don Rickles, for Christ's sake? Yeah, Don yeah. was a mean, yeah. he, he, you can't be that way anymore. I mean, but, but the there's, is, he's there's... He's a nice guy off stage. So absolutely. allowed to say that stuff, because it's a joke. But right. my, my, my point, though, is that we all heard that comedy, and we lived through it, and we laughed our ass off, and yeah. we laughed at each other, and we, you know, we're like, oh my God, that's totally true. Yeah. And uh, and you can't even say that shit anymore. So there's a whole group of people now when they hear those legends, yeah. they're like offended by it. Well, it's the same thing with television and film. There's so many uh, movies and TV shows that could never be made today that were made back mm. in the past. Like if you Blazing you know, Saddles, <laughs> All in the Family. Oh yeah, never fucking happened. Yeah. Um, you know, even movies that you that you look at now and you're you 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 kind of um you 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 laughed back then but now everybody wants to cancel like if you look at wedding crashers now mm. i mean wedding crashers was hilarious but if if you if you look at the movie now with with the way that everything is everybody's so woke and everything's about women's rights it's two guys that go out and just try to fuck every drunk girl they can find 
but you, you couldn't do that now. No. Because you would, it would have, have to be would, a lesbian yeah, and you'd a girl have, or yeah, on some they, weird transgender bender. Yeah, it would have sure. to be, yeah, you'd have, it, they would, if, <laughs> if they ever remake it, it's going to be two women who just go out and try to fuck as many best men as they can. That's, that's what's going to happen. Right. Well, that, that's what I see going on in politics too. So what, what I see happening, watch this wave over the next 10 years. The next 10 years is going to be the era of the black Republican. And it'll be the era of the black gay Republican because it's fucking beyond reproach. It shuts everybody up. If we can find some Republican conservative, like pro-life transgender mm -hmm. she-males, mm -hmm. they'll be the fucking governor of California. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that may happen. Uh -huh. uh, I, I think that's that's going to be the shade everybody gives each other is we're going to find the we're going to try and coalesce the crazy hate groups into a candidate. That, ha that shares our I ideology just so we can shut them the fuck up and go back to the argument. Well, the issue is the white knight syndrome and, and fake wokeness. It, it, the, the, the thing that happened this weekend is completely insane to me. Larry Elder had oh, yeah. eggs thrown at him by a white woman wearing a gorilla mask telling him he's not black enough. It's insane. Three years ago, that would have been on every fucking major news channel. It would have been a big deal. Of course. Just like everything that's happening right now with Af Afghanistan, if, 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 if everything that happened right now in Afghanistan was under Trump's watch, which it would never have happened never. under Trump's watch, never. Um, Trump would be impeached yesterday. Right. But because for the third time, but because the media carries the water for for Joe Biden in this administration, everything is just fine. You know, I have uh, I'm I'm very politically engaged and have been for a long time. And I was raised in the belly of the beast up in New England, went to school up in Massachusetts. Oh, that's why you were willing to drop the hard end. Because <laughs> they're all racist up there. It, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> I know every guy in Boston that's listening to this podcast right now is like, you, you can't drop the M bomb. What, what are you? What are you talking about? What right? are you talking about? Forget it. <laughs> no, he's from the hood for clearly local. Um, I'm from Worcester. You know, we got. We got three legs of the milk stool that makes America. The three legs are us, who entrusts a few to kind of help manage the show. We got those shitheads that we put there to kind of help manage the show. And this representative republic, they're supposed to be the ones who've taken the time to read the issues. They're supposed to be the ones that weigh out the balance of things while most citizens are too busy living life, rearing kids, and having professions to be that spooled up on the uh, on on information remember this all came from the 18th century right so you never had fresh news we have fresh news all the time your average person now is way more informed than a reporter in 1950 i mean but the issue is i wouldn't i but, wouldn't consider what happens now news i it's everything is a, is an agenda it's no longer news it's never it's it's no longer reported as is it's reported as wanted to be well this was my i was getting to my point there's three legs to the milk stool that make this whole fucking thing work the first leg is us the second leg is the establishment we put in power and the third leg which is supposed to be watching and speaking truth to everybody is the press right they're supposed to be reporting on the, the battle between the power full and the people who gave them the power there's a battle always going on between the citizens and leaders and the press is always supposed to be putting a spotlight shining the light of truth on both groups well here's what's really going on out in public and here's what's really happening in congress so that we're informed and that's a kind of a three three-tiered battle always going on it's not anymore it's a completely asymmetrical battle they've gone over and joined the power because they want to go to the cocktail parties they want to be at the national press court dinner they don't want to be uninvited from press briefings where they can just show up every day at two o'clock and get news stories. So that's what's happened with our country. We've lost, you know, the 
it, it was not the third civil right. It was not the fifth civil right. It was the first free speech so that we had a free press and it's gone. You know, it's, it's amazing the most important to me. thing. You know, what's amazing to me. And, and this is something that it's something I brought up in a conversation the other day in, in the person I was speaking with was like, wow, I, I didn't even notice that. Do you remember when the president used to have media junkets and he would go up and he'd ask a question and the second he finished the question, all you would hear was 50 questions coming from 50 right. different media outlets. Uh -huh. And that's what happened with Donald Trump. As soon as he'd finished a and question. he fucking stood there like a baller and answered him. People screaming and yelling yep. questions. Yep. The second Joe Biden finishes a question, it's absolute silence and he goes right to the next person because they all know their line uh -huh. in the feed trough. Yeah. There is no screaming of questions because only the people that they've chosen are going to ask questions. The fucking best part is he reads the fucking cliff notes on the side of his speech. Yeah, he says the now, things out loud he's that like, he's not uh, supposed to say. Now I'm supposed to start being quiet and answer numbers. I'm supposed to answer from NBC and he reads the name and then he looks up to see where they're at and they stand up. I'm like... Oh my God! This my is favorite. this is theater. My favorite is when he is when he'll finish and they'll ask him another question. He'll go, "Well, I'm supposed to leave now. I'm going to get in trouble if I answer any more questions. So and I, I should go." It's like you're going to get in trouble. I'm like, "Who the fuck? Are who's you the putting you in timeout? You're the you're POTUS. You fucktard. Oh, I, every time I can't even watch shit live because like if I'm around the house, I'll throw some. I'm like, "What? Did, it, did anybody just hear what he just said?" It freaks me out, and I it went from what I thought was going to be a good president who was kind of a baller and couldn't be bought, and he was like, "Fuck it, I like America," which and I was I was I was, I was pro Trump before it even happened, and then he turned out to be like the fucking greatest president I've ever even contemplated having in my lifetime, and we'll never get another one like him. And, and I was, I just walked around for four years with a smile on my face and I, you know, I deal with problems and I deal with business stuff all the time. I was the happiest I've ever been for four years. The problem with Trump was that he wasn't a member of the club uh -huh. and he didn't walk and talk like the members of the club. He tweeted at three o'clock in the morning after eating two Big Macs about shit that bothered him. Mm hmm and people say that's not presidential, but if you look at past presidents who we consider great presidents, they were all the same way. They just didn't have social media. Right. I mean, if you if you do you think for one second that Kennedy was running around banging Marilyn Monroe, and then when other things that came up that were a little touchy, he was like, "Oh, I can't talk about that." No, people just weren't around to hear it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the social media. Is, there's a lot of attention now that there didn't course. used to be. And there's a lot of access. The, that's the difference is that a, the, the president can tweet at three o'clock in the morning when he's drunk and everybody hears it. But all the presidents in the past were doing the same shit. They were just saying it to people who kept their mouths shut. Well, they would say it to their inner circle who would right. then whisper it into someone's ear and then it would end up in someone's op-ed piece in the Washington Post. And the media would actually run it because they didn't just carry the water for whatever government was was in power at the time i tell people all the time they say well i like trump if he would just stop doing this and stop doing that i go you mean if he would just stop communicating with you and telling you truly what's going on without a graduate from washington university filtering it all through a, a op-ed speech is that what you mean you mean it, a prepared every we've never heard a president talk in our entire lives what they really thought off the top of their head not once not fucking ever not tell them that clip tell them that clip that you hadn't seen before last night 
at the show. I don't even remember what it was. It was like uh, Trump talking about uh, woke. Dude, I literally busted. Oh, is it everything woke turns to shit? Yeah, everything woke turns to shit. That's I did not expect him to say that shit. He said woke equals loser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I saw him the week. I saw him the week before that. Because we ended up somehow or another friends with his son, both of his sons. We made nice for them and stuff. So whenever he's around, I usually shout out to Don Jr. I'm like, hey, Don. And he's like, you want in? I'm like, yep. So it's pretty cool. Those guys always fucking fall they seem through. like real dudes. They do exactly what they, I'm like. I am telling you, I've never seen anything like it. We walk up and there's a, it's just a fucking shit show. There's a sea of people everywhere. We walk up, we go over to this flagpole. And there's a guy there with his finger. And he's like, oh, are you Mr. Medford? Yep, come right with me. Are you with him? Boom, we walk right in, right up to the front, right in the middle. Boop. I'm like, oh my God, that's Trump right there. I'm like, hey, what's going on? So he, we went and saw him speak here because, you know, we got the big recount going on that is, you know, delayed uh, getting released. And then I think four days later or five days later in the next week, he was out somewhere on the East Coast. Maybe he was in Alabama or something. And he did that everything woke turns to shit thing and the place went fucking crazy he's a comic a bro he's a, a crushing oh, he totally touring is. comic bro that's what it was sold out fucking shows and he's crushing yeah. i could never write anything that good no no he's a fucking borscht belt you know he you know what he's got he's got a benny hinn and fucking uh don rickles the ghosts of those two inspiring how about him. this how about this you want to <laughs> talk about a real dude and just like being able to communicate did you hear what he, you know what he's doing this weekend no. You know what he's doing this weekend? Yeah, he's calling the fights. He's calling the fights for Triller. So you can listen to the commentary or you can switch over to Donnie Jr. and Trump just talk. They're going to the, break that, down the fights, bro. Yeah, Trump okay. And Trump Jr. Okay. Th- that's kind of genius. Like those guys, bro. I love those guys. I just love them. The I got into it. I didn't even hear, hear about that, but I'm going to find where I can see that like today. It's, uh, what is it, Holyfield? It's Holyfield. Holyfield and Vitor Belfort. <laughs> it was supposed to be fighting. De La Hoya. De La Hoya fell out mm-hmm. because he got COVID. And now, um, is it Holyfield? Yeah. I think Is it Holyfield? Who or? got his ear bit off? Holy yeah, that was yeah, Holyfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holyfield. This is like the hairband uh, hitting all the casinos around the country, all the hairbands from the 80s. Yeah. These guys are recycling their careers because there's <laughs> nothing exciting going on except the UFC. So funny. I got into it last night <clears throat> with a fan who commented on this video that I made recently uh, that went viral. It's, hey, give uh, me one second. Hey, uh, you can zoom this out of kitten hair so Luis is in frame. I know he's getting cut out right now. Hey, over here. You can come up on the top of the camera and hit the live show. We don't give a fuck. It's a little unscripted. There's a little thing up on top, and you can watch. Hey, come here. Billy, uh, Bobby, come around over here on this side. Flip out the viewing screen on the side of the camera, and then turn it turn it over so you can see here. There you go. And then you can zoom in and out and kind of get all three of us in frame. There we go. There he is. That's a little better. Sorry about that, everybody. We're not yeah. used to having three in here, so we're there working he is. on it. Uh, handsome, more. handsome Louis. And then my guy that kind of helped set this all up, he's actually out with COVID right now. So, you know, Bobby's stepping into somebody else's board and shit here. That's so. all right. And he'll be just fine. <laughs> everybody will live. Don't he, worry. He'll be just fine. And he is just fine. Yeah, of course he is. You know, he was felt like he was going to die. Yeah. And uh, uh, parts uh, persons unknown got him some ivermectin. And then he took zinc. And oh, you mean fine. horse paste? Horse paste. That's yeah. what it is. We skipped yeah. the horse paste. We just got horse shit. Yeah, he ate careful. the horse shit. Because that's what Republicans do. We just eat horse shit. Be careful eating that horse paste. <laughs> no, I got into it with a, a fan last night because uh, 
he commented about the Trump thing. He uh, he put on. I can't believe they're doing that. By the way, that's fantastic. So this video that I have this video that's going viral right now, and basically it's it's called the states discuss COVID, and it's Texas and Florida having a conversation with California. And New oh, it's York. a satire, and it's just you, right? Yeah, it's just me. I saw that, uh, and it's going pretty viral right now. And one of the one of the the comments on it, the guy said, uh, he said. It's funny that you are 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 a fan of a guy who is going to who would rather call fights on the day of 9/11 than make a make a make a statement about the people who died on 9/11 or the soldiers who fought for 9/11 and I was like he can't do both you're assuming he won't you he can't do both he can't call a fight and also say I would like to send out you know my appreciation for the the heroes of 911 it doesn't make any sense Bes yeah besides commenting on posts yeah. you know what i mean like this this the hypocrisy with these dudes listen the founding fathers were right they didn't want everyone voting and the internet's given every motherfucker with a computer and a phone a vote to talk and and chime in most motherfuckers should shut up and listen well i'm i'm blown away now uh you know he gets he the 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 hypocrisy towards him has been distasteful and disgusting and the my favorite thing about trump of everything is you got you got to find out who everybody was and what they were made of oh, yeah. you can't fight him without taking off your clothes because you go oh okay now we see who the dirty rotten lion motherfuckers are he's not a truth teller this guy's a fucking lackey that's not what happened Trump's got bars. I the, when the, it goes off script, you see how nervous these dudes get. You know what I mean? Trump, oh yeah. Trump's got bars. Just watching him in the debates was, I, I could watch the debates all day. Well, you, the, the best one ever was <laughs> when uh, with Hillary. When, when oh, oh my God, when, when so you'd when, be in jail. <laughs> you would be in jail. He's just a, you'd be in jail, and he just like <laughs> mic drop. You know, he just kind of turns it. You know, she's talking, yeah. and he's like the Greek chorus in the background. You'd be in jail. That's because you'd be in jail. My favorite is when he's like, he's like, I, all these Hollywood people in Hollywood, like Rosie O'Donnell, not attractive, <laughs> <laughs> ugly woman. He, he's got his, he's getting, my mom calls it the Greek chorus. He does the little chimes in on himself all the yeah. time. I'm going out to Hollywood, not a place you want to go. And, and he just little side comments. And it's like there's a little Greek chorus up here, and he just does the Greek chorus. It's commentary on himself. You know while what he's it talking. is? You know what it is? It's it's the angel and the devil on his shoulder, and every once in a while, one of them will say something into his ear, and he just repeats it. That's I did it not is. say that about women. Yeah, just Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he just oh my god, did he actually say that? The debates, or as I like to call them, roast battles. The oh. best, the best was when he said the grabber by the pussy thing, and he didn't. He never denied it. He was just like, they didn't tell me that I was being recorded. <laughs> That's such a boss thing to say because everybody else in that situation would have been like, oh, it was taken out of context, and it. I didn't say it that way. They chopped it up. He's just like, I didn't. They didn't tell me they Why were are recording. Why people acting like that? That move has never worked. He never grabbed a pussy, bro. Oh well, have you? All right. Con well, consensual okay. Grab? Well, this is this I, is going out on the internet. Right? I'm going to tell you one of the funniest. I'm going to tell you I have weird interactions. Bobby left. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of the weirdest reactions. I hired this guy, and after he was here, about three weeks, we found out he was some sort of white supremacist neo-Nazi. Uh -huh. We didn't know that in the interview. Sleeves rolled up. Just had regular interview. I just figured he's maybe a biker. Maybe he was a hobo at one point. 
and he's in uh i so i have this my production manager at the time she's part cuban part chinese and he's like so uh, where are you people from you know he asked these questions of her and she came to me she's like hey boss that guy out there he's asking me some weird questions and i was like oh okay uh and then uh, i just note to self and i kind of watch a little closer and then somebody else came over and said hey what's up with the new guy he asked me like where my my family was from i was like oh, okay and then uh, the guys in the grind room, I mean, uh, in the assembly room, there's, you know, five or six guys in this room. They're all pretty tight knit little group of dudes hanging out all together, quietly doing work. So I go to the lead in the shop. I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, he says some funny stuff. I'm like, what do you mean funny stuff? And I say, he's like, well, he wants to know where we are, if any of us are part Jewish. And I'm like, oh. So at this point, I got enough data points. I pull the guy into my office. I'm like, hey, listen. I said, I'm hearing rumblings. I don't, if you're a neo-Nazi, or a skinhead, or whatever the fuck you are, white supremacist, no problem. Keep it the fuck to yourself. Just do the job. We don't. Nobody wants to know your politics here. It's fringe shit. Right. And he goes, why would you call me a neo-Nazi? And I go, well, well, you were asking people if they were Jewish. I thought it was weird. And he goes to me, and I'm telling you this from hand to God, the funniest fucking thing I ever heard a dude say to me. He goes, and this is not the funny part, he goes, I'm not a neo-Nazi. I fucked a Jew one time. And I went, oh and I go, so as he says it, and my door's open, and the guy across the hallway hears the whole thing, I go, okay, see, that's an example of something that should be your little voice that you never, ever repeat. You shouldn't say that out loud in your apartment, next, lest, lest the next door neighbor hears. And he goes, okay, I'll correct myself. I made love to a Jew. <laughs> and he looked at me, and I was like, you thought I was talking about the word fuck. I go, are you fucking kidding me? People you didn't are... find it strange that all your blades kept coming out in the, in the shape of a swastika? <laughs> you know, he started bringing WWE professional wrestler models in and was having fights with them, like, during lunchtime. And at that point, we are like, okay, our time's got to end. And I'm trying to be, you know. <laughs> why, why does the Undertaker yeah. have a Nazi uniform on? the funnest neo-Nazi I've ever heard of. Was it, so here's the thing. I told the guys in the room, I go, hey, listen, you guys, it sounds like he's a neo-Nazi. I go, is anybody really offended or would we find it kind of funny? And I said, this is a boring job. I mean, it's making knives. It's quiet, repetitive work. We still quote this dude to this fucking day. It was three years ago. The greatest one-liners ever. And that one, that one's our, 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 our favorite one. I was like, I go, if I were you, I go, if you guys want, I'll kick him out today. I said, but he says some funny shit. We should keep him around. I mean, this guy's like a fucking chia pet of shit that comes out of his mouth. Anyway, he just keeps keeps bringing in only white guys from the WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, um, uh, now, Luis, are you always in a town or are you traveling a, a ton? Like, I'm traveling. I'm in town like two weeks out the month. And then when I'm in town, I'm just doing a, you know, Phoenix has a great comedy scene, bro. A lot of people were trying to move to Austin from LA. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, on that Joe Rogan bandwagon. Yep. And Joe Rogan's going to open up a club. We have six great comedy clubs here yeah it's so slept on it's, i think it's just because the heat people don't want to deal with the heat yeah but if you're not pussy bro you can get up i work here i work every weekend he he knows what's up man that's why he came out here right because he's not getting any spots in la he came out here to get some work with me and uh we're gonna be at like i said we're gonna be at house of comedy this weekend but every weekend i'm in town i got six different venues i can go to and right. I just get that work here. You can man. always get gigs here. Yeah, stay bro, fresh. It's great. And I love Arizona crowds. It's not no liberal This crowd's pussies. not, it's not it's woke hard woke. working people that just, they paid money and they want to laugh. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then you're out. Uh, to tell us um, what stuff you're doing on, uh, you've got stuff on TV right now, right? 
Yeah, so I'm on a show called Why Women Kill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And it's always a man's fault. Uh, of course. It's on CBS. Um, it's, I think it's on Paramount Plus now. Um, but uh, two seasons of that. Uh, it, I'm I'm writing. I'm directing. I'm producing. I just uh, directed a, a film that's uh, we're we're gonna be in Sundance, and I uh, got another film coming up that I'm gonna be directing here in November, and then a feature film that I'm gonna be directing that has a uh, post production, or I'm sorry, uh, post theatrical distribution with uh, Netflix. So. So tell me a little bit. Uh, what what's the uh, how how long you been in the entertainment business for now? Uh. 14 years now. I moved to LA 14 years ago. Where'd you grow up? Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Okay. Detroit, yeah. And so you moved out to LA 14 years in. And w w do you have like, everybody's got this, a lot of people have a place. Like when I get to here, I've made it. Yeah. Do you have that in your head, what that is? Honestly, I don't, I don't, I, I think that there's, there's positive and negatives to having a goal. Um, once you reach that goal, typically people think that they can relax. Um, I'm goal oriented in the sense of I set small goals mm -hmm. to achieve. And then I, I always have goals above that. Um, I'm not a settle kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a, a point where I, where I can say, okay, well, if I accomplish this, then I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. I always want to keep progressing in everything that I do. Um, starting my production company was a big deal for me, getting that off the ground, getting What's that, that running. Uh, bad lad productions okay and the reason why i wanted to do that is because I, i'm i'm tired of the the hollywood uh conveyor belt of bullshit that happens now and it's all, all hollywood is is remakes and and reboots of old ideas safe shit it's yeah exactly safe yeah, shit yeah in in studios don't take chances anymore they they won't even give you an opportunity to do a series or do a, a, a movie unless you have bankable talent or what they what they consider bankable talent Star in capital. your film. Star capital. Yeah. And then you uh you make something great, you 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 create a product that's great, that's undeniable, and then they come running to you and then they want to take the stars from that mm -hmm. and make them stars in other things. And it's like, well, do you realize that how much talent is out there that you could be banking on? You could be creating right. new bankable stars. It just requires work and it requires talent yourself because you got to be. And taking a chance. Yeah, but you got to be able to see talent. You got to be able to spot talent. You know, who's the guy? Um, they just did a big a big series about him on, on Netflix. He's the biggest music producer that's ever existed. I don't know. I don't think I saw that one. Um, they, uh Oh shit! Dude, white dude. Well, he's a white guy, old, old Jewish guy. He came out. He's one of the first dudes that said he was bisexual in the big business. Got Biggie Smalls and all those guys going. Started that oh. hip hop company as a spinoff from them. Uh, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. Um, Bobby's gonna pull it up for me. It's a uh, it's a thing on a show. On, it's on Netflix, and it's, it's not Rick. Um, is it Rick? And he picked everybody, man. He's fucking Simon and Garfunkel, Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan. He's had everybody. He's yeah. shaped the music of our lives. That is one of those guys where Hollywood needs David guys. Foster. What's that? David Foster? Nope. Nope. Um, Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Clive's fucking. You know, he's he's a he's he's the uh, he's the original he's the original music gangster of all time. He is still to this day in his eighties picking the coolest music hitting the scene. Um. He's one of those guys who's taken chances at every point of his career, picking obscure talent out of nowhere because he's like, oh, that's good. That'll work. 
that's awesome. Just finding talent and bringing it in. Every time he's gotten kicked out of one production company or music company, he goes and starts something from the ground up. Next thing you know, he's got all the all the best new artists. He's the one who discovered Mariah Carey. Uh, not Mariah Carey, uh, Whitney Houston. And just oh, that, that confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of, that's, I mean, that. But Hollywood needs those guys. Those are those legendary guys where, you know, people came out from all across America and they just discovered raw talent and took chances on people and it wasn't just all upon bankable stardom. Well, the music industry has, has definitely benefited from the internet in the sense of you can get your music out there now as mm -hmm. an independent artist and, and it can be heard and, and you can become a star from that. The music industry has benefited from that, but unfortunately the, the film's uh, not the so much. TV and film industry has not because you're, you still have to play with the big boys. Uh, to get your stuff seen. I mean, you have options of putting things up on Vimeo or YouTube. YouTube's a great way to get yourself out there. Um, but if you really want to go mainstream and get in theaters and, and right. get distribution deals right, and right. these types of things, you still have to play with the big boys. Unfortunately, the, the TV and film industry hasn't caught up to the music industry as far as the internet I goes. think it's coming, and I think COVID kicked them all in the balls and should have scared them. Because it's the, definitely coming. If you're in the theater business, you're about irrelevant. Because in, in half of this country, nobody wants to go to a movie theater. Yeah. And the people who do are outvoted in those states. And it's sad, though, because the the movie experience... Oh, I love the movie theaters, I love man. The movie I experience. love the popcorn and sitting there in a big screen and immersed in, in all this anticipation. It's like getting ready for a show. You know, it's awesome. I don't love that it's $40 a person to experience the real movie experience. A bucket of popcorn costs $13 yeah. and the ticket yeah. costs $18 yeah. and then the drink costs $7 and all that. I think that... That part of the movie experience kind of sucks. Going to the movies with the wrong pe people, bro. I mean, bro, I just honestly, I, I rock, sneak in. yeah, I rock a backpack. <laughs> I rock a backpack with with bottled water and and popcorn and all that good stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely. I think I think it's going to catch up. It just hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. Um, I have the ability, for instance, with that skit that I did recently. It's got over 500,000 views in the past two days, mm -hmm. and that brings eyeballs to my brand, yeah. which brings eyeballs to my production company, which gives me an opportunity to create a base, a fan base for when I do um, release projects that I have through my production company. So yeah. it's, it's coming, but it's, it's a slow go right now, unfortunately. You know, the other thing is I think people have a false perception of success, and uh, I think people think success is just happens overnight. And I guess for some people it does, but usually it's everyone else finds out about it overnight, and behind it is a decade or two decades or three decades of super hard work. I think people have, a, especially young people, they have a false expectation. Like, oh, I want to have a knife company. Like, this is great. Yeah. Or did you buy this from somebody? Yeah, no, I, I built it, like, asshole. I'm like, fuck no, man. I didn't take a paycheck for three years and put every goddamn penny in. You know. Well, so, if you look at it now, like the YouTubers are, and social media stars are the biggest stars in the world now. You, if you if you look at like for instance, Jake Paul and Logan Paul are the the highest paid prize fighters in the world right now, and they're awful. And I can say that because is one of them, I fucking know him. Is one of them like a punk ass kid who was challenging people to fights? I, 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 Jake, I, yeah, Jake Paul, yeah. <laughs> he just fought Tyron Woodley and beat him in a decision. Um, okay, so he's tough. It wasn't a bad fight. It wasn't a bad, it fight. Wasn't a bad fight. No, it wasn't a bad fight. But he's but, fucking annoying. I want to see him get knocked out. But hey, Jake, fight a boxer, maybe. <laughs> You're a boxer. Fucking fight a boxer. Right. But he's fighting MMA guys and guys that have been retired for you know six and seven years and NBA players. Clever. 
smart. Listen, Clever. I'm not going mean, to hate. That's I'm not the Car- hate. That's the Kardashian shit of scrapping, backyard scrapping, if there ever was one. I'm not going to hate. If you can make a million dollars to knock out Nate Robinson, go for it. <laughs> I would do it. I would knock out Nate Robinson for far less money than, you know, six million or whatever Jake made from that fight. That's but, pretty funny. I've heard about this. I haven't watched any of that yeah, stuff. It's I, I work too much, and then I don't have TV. So. But if you look at these social media stars, you've got big movie stars that are clamoring to do skits and and things with them. Like The Rock did a skit with Logan Paul and, and I, to promote his movie. I, I know. I can't believe that. It's but I mean, I get crazy. it. But unbelievable. It's the amount of eyeballs that they can bring to the table is mind-boggling. Well, you talk about disruptor technology. You talk about disruptor apps. You talk about disruption. There's nothing more disruptive than being able to pick up one of these cameras for a couple grand. That's what 10 times better than broadcast quality was 10 years ago, you know? Right. It's fantastic quality. And the technology has brought the tools of creativity to a lot more people's fingertips. You know, in 1970, you needed, you know, a million dollars of equipment to shoot something that looked decent. Right. <laughs> now people want authentic, creative, fun content that's fresh today. It doesn't even need to have the same production quality. And a lot of guys can get that equipment. Anybody can get it. It's not well, that the, much. And the, the, the biggest issue I think now is, is, the, is not the availability of content, but the content that's being pushed by these big you know, the, these big social media platforms. And it's, 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 it's the issue is that it's, it's taking our kids in the wrong direction. That's my biggest issue with all of it. It's, it's funny. I, I had these subscription services for different channels, just like everybody else does. My kids watch this and watch that. And I find myself gravitating to YouTube because I can dive into segments of things that I'm into. And the most interesting, interesting thing I've watched in two years, there's this guy in France he has a wooden table and a camera pointed straight down, and he gets old, rusted battlefield relics, and he restores them to perfect brand new condition. And it's very formulaic. He does the same thing every time, same little graphic thing. Here's what I'm doing next. He sandblasts it, heats it up with a torch, straightens it, welds up all the little pivots, grinds it all down, files chamfers on it by hand, paints it in three steps, puts it back together, turns new screws, and at the end, it's perfect like the fucking day it was made. I can't stop watching it. And no it's like, yo, it's like no production costs. A fucking video camera taped to the ceiling for God's yeah. sake. And I'm, I just crack up. I'm like, wow, this is what I'm watching. Yeah. What is everybody else watching? Luis just told me today about this idea that he's got. He's going to start a channel on Twitch called uh, Comedians Killing Zombies. And he's just going to play a video game where he just kills zombies and tells talk jokes <laughs> and talks shit. shit to 12 year olds. Oh my god, that would totally work. <laughs> of course it will. My son and I my son and I sit watching sci-fi movies and I'm like and the and like you know girls in the background cooking dinner or whatever and she's like, "Oh my god, you two are fucking hysterical." I was just thinking of all the goofy shit I've seen online, there are got there have got to be just like a couple of buddies who are funny watching movies. Like that would be a oh, thing yeah, on it's, Twitch. It's, it's, I mean, better than most DVD commentary. You know what I mean? You just yeah. Two dudes talking shit about a shitty film and not and that. not boring. Yeah, like, exactly. oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> all morning I was trying to post stories to my Instagram about the shows that we're going to be doing, and you just hear Luis in the background. I never gave a fuck. You ain't got no hoes. I kill all these zombies, motherfuckers. South side, South side. <laughs> I'm like, dude. So that's in the background of yeah. your. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude. Can I just fucking? Can I? Can I do one post about the shows tonight you know without you talking shit? And you're like, he's like, no. The best part about the zombie game is that they're Nazis. They're yeah, they're Nazi, Nazi zombies. So there's. A... You could say whatever you want then. Fuck them. Right. Fuck a Nazi and fuck a zombie. <laughs> 
Oh. They, they were shitty people when they were alive. White guy, Nazi zombie. That's the trifecta Let's right there. Go, <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank you guys for coming in. Uh, we're going to go through, give you a walkthrough, and kind of check the place out a little bit. And... I'm excited. I need a knife. We got, we got more than, uh, <laughs> I need a knife. Luis lives in a sketchy neighborhood. <laughs> I know a guy. Luis, where do you live? I live on 7th Square. I live uh, downtown Phoenix. No, ish. He lives over by the where the Diamondbacks play. Oh, okay. So you live downtown. I'm gonna look up in the gay we district. Have, we have no, you, you, you down the Willow District? Come Louise on, Louise has a girlfriend. Oh, he does. Yeah, <laughs> she she made me a stir fry last night and chicken wings. She's Asian, yeah. and it was amazing. Oh, awesome! Okay, so amazing. I'm looking up the show because we have more than one show tonight. We have shows all throughout till Sunday. So let me just get the times. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. All right, so tonight's 7.30, 9.45. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock. So wait a minute, tonight's 7.30 and 9.45 yeah. at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy mm -hmm. in Desert Ridge. Yes, sir. And Next. Then, uh, tomorrow, same place, 7 p.m. for the first show, 9.30 for the second show. 7 and 9.30 at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, Desert Ridge. And then Sunday, 7 p.m. Sunday, so 7 p.m. So let me end on this real quick. So I'm at Enterprise Rent-A-Car yesterday morning, and I'm standing in the, the lobby trying to rent a car to drive out here and i've got luis on the phone with me and i i i i need to learn never to put luis on speakerphone because he always says some crazy shit so That's what everybody says about me <laughs> so i've got him on speakerphone in this in a room full of people at enterprise rent a car and he's like hey so i got you on this show tomorrow night uh we're gonna i'll get you on uh two show or two two times he's like uh he's like it's gonna it's gonna be at house comedy no, he goes this one wasn't at house comedy no this one was downtown. Oh, downtown. And he goes, he goes, hey, but it's it's a black show. So are you okay with that? <laughs> and I look around and everybody looks at me and I'm like, yeah, man, of course. Why wouldn't I be? That's a silly question. Uh, that, yeah. It was last week. I love black shows. <laughs> it's like, why would everybody you should have a black me? show. Every, yes. I, in fact, I only do black shows. I'm a quarter black somehow. Uh, but yeah, so that's... let me get this straight. Just to wrap it all up in a tiny bun, you would drop the N bomb if you weren't from Detroit. You could go home then. Like if you were from Indiana. You're going to get this dude fucking camera. No. Viral no. for the first time. And you're going to take all this shit away from me. No, you, I'm just I've kidding. been viral several times. Thank you very much. But that was a disease. No, no, no. I, I'm pro viral. Uh, the, the, I, I don't ever. I'm just kidding. You don't I don't ever drop the N bomb. Listen, as your attorney, I recommend you not to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, don't even everybody. know the end bomb. All right, you guys, check these guys out. This is Kevin McNamara and Luis Alvarez. They'll be at uh, Rick Bronson's house of comedy, Desert Ridge, today and tomorrow here in at the factory at Medford Knife and Tool and uh, ASK me. Knives. Follow me on Instagram. Follow him on Instagram. At Kevin Mack. Kevin Mack. Kevin M A C. And uh, Comedy Luis. Comedy L U I S on Instagram. Co comedy L U I S on Instagram. Fellas, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks Great so man from Medford Knife and Tool. MKTUSA and ASK Knives. I'm fucking out of here. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. This is, I love this one. What's, What's the, difference the difference between a, between a wet, wet raccoon, raccoon and, and Donald, Donald J. Trump's, Trump's hair? hair? A, a wet, wet raccoon, raccoon doesn't have seven billion, billion fucking dollars, dollars in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh,